baseball fans. BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free to play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free to play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's going on? You are listening to Talk About Gay Sex. I am your host, Steve Rodriguez, and I wanted to do things a little bit differently on this episode. It happens to be our 10th episode of Talk About Gay Sex. Yeah, that's right, our 10th episode, if you can believe it. For those of you that have been listening since the beginning, and some of you I see when I'm out and about here in New York City, uh, I, I really appreciate all of your feedback and your thoughts and and compliments and everything else, um, I want to thank you. And for those of you that are new to the show, I invite you to check out the show. Um, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and check out our website, talkaboutgaysex.com, where you can read my blog, you can check out photos of past guests, and you can check out our link farm. And that's where we really try and link up to uh, books or films or anything that guests or myself or my co-hosts have talked about on the show. We want to make sure that there's a place where you can go to to find out and reference and click away and, and hopefully continue your own sexual evolution. So again, thank you for everything. We are continuing to grow. I am so excited about this. Um, to give you a little bit of insight about the show, um, it, it really just started last year. I had talked to a friend of mine. She was telling me how podcasts had really been growing and, and to check out the ones that she felt were noteworthy. And I had done a couple of podcasts for my other site, Progressive Pulse, in the past. Um, but when Pulse, uh, when podcasts had really just began and they were really more interviews and so I would really just do a Skype interview with somebody and post it but there was nothing consistent about it and I really didn't follow up with it. Um, this time around, after hearing how podcasts are really, you know, how many people get their um, entertainment now, one of their, the ways at least, and... I decided to incorporate my own sexual evolution, as you've been hearing on some of the shows, with sort of a kind of talk show, radio show style. In other words, I didn't want to interview people. I really wanted to have a co-host. And it started with Jeremy Ross Lopez, as many of you have heard. 
Um, I really thought he would bring so much to the table being a younger gay man who is involved in an NYU program. He has just is so evolved for being such a young man and teaches me things all of the time. And I thought he would be a great um, sidekick, as I call him, co-host, whatever you want. And I was going to run with that until I started to run into another friend of mine, um, Steve Carpenter, who is on many of my other shows. And he has just been there and done that. And he just cracks me up. And I knew he would be such an asset to the show as well. So they, I will try and have them both on the show um, at some point because I think that would be fun. Um, and as we grow, I think um, that we're, we have a lot of ideas to keep bringing you more stimulating, hot, informative, and hilarious conversation about the amazing hot world of gay sex. Um, so with that, on this 10th episode, I thought I'd do things a little differently and do a solo episode for you, kind of to get to know me a little bit more sexually and my sexual evolution, as I'm calling it. Um, and I promise I won't bore you and start with the in the beginning kind of thing. Um, I will try and give you a little more insight, perhaps, into my gay sex evolution with stories and uh, so you know a little bit more about me and where the hell I, I am <laughs> or where I came from, from a sexual standpoint. Um, so with that, I will kind of get into it. Um, and just to address a couple things that people have shared with me, um, thank you for all the comments when I, when I see you out and about here in New York City and how um, you, know, you feel like you're a part of the conversation. That's really was my goal and and we will continue to do that um but please we welcome your feedback and and certainly if you have ideas or you just want to shout out to us um check out our facebook fan page it's um facebook.com forward slash talk about gay sex uh, certainly at twitter we are at talk about gay sex as well as on instagram our Tumblr page is tumblr.blog.talkaboutgaysex. And like I said before, check out our website because that's where kind of everything culminates and you will get more uh, uh, insight and behind the scenes and kind of, I, I think I approach it with taking the actual show and continuing it, continuing it on uh, with the website. So um, I have somebody starting with me next week, which I'm really excited, who's going to kind of intern with me. And so hopefully we'll be able to keep up that um, storyline going, uh, you know, throughout the week and, and come up with more exciting topics, which we do have. So, and some great guests too. So stay with us and please give us your feedback or just say hi. So with that, I know I said that I wouldn't start with in the beginning, but I will start with in the beginning that I can recall about my sexual story, if you will, with when I, I was a former gymnast, actually, um, my parents put me in to gymnastics when I was like five or six. And quickly, I moved into a better gym, which was, um, I think, two cities away, so about 25 miles. And so there was definitely dedication on my parents part on my part, and I was excelling ultimately to get a partial scholarship to UC Berkeley, which was awesome for many reasons. But in those early years, when I was um, probably 13 or so, 14, there was definitely other teammates. And 
unlike what many people may think, stereotypes that, you know, oh, every, every gymnast is gay, although maybe they don't think that as much now, but certainly back then, um, there weren't many, I, I would argue. <laughs> I think they were all, there was plenty of straight talk. However, with, with what we wore and which was not much, you know, everything was form fitted and we were always around different age groups. So there was, I was usually the younger. Um, so I had plenty of early stimuli for sure on, on my sexual growth and what I was definitely attracted to. But when I, uh, there was a, a younger friend of mine who became my best friend and we hung out all the time. We would laugh and be silly together. He turned out to be gay. Yes, of course. But, um, I would spend the weekends at his house in that city that was 25 miles away and almost every weekend I would say. And we definitely experimented and did an, a couple times of dry humping and simulating what we saw on TV. We also, took baths together a couple times, which I can't imagine my mother allowing that. Um, but we did. And it was more, you know, I guess, exploratory, if you will. It wasn't really sexual. It was just somewhat interesting to be in a, you know, in a bathtub with your friend naked at that age. So nothing really happened beyond that. Um, but then moving on is I, in high school, at the same um, gymnasium, there was another gymnast, and he was probably a year, I would say a year older than me. And we would, for some reason, we would, you know, be practicing the whole time, and him and I would kind of get into sort of this, I don't know, tease thing, or and all of a sudden one of us would sort of provoke the other one, and then the, the other one would retaliate, uh, not in a fighting way, it was definitely in in good fun, but ultimately several times it, it would end up with him, I would maybe push him and he'd be running after me in this huge, large Costco-sized gym at the end of the practice and we would end up in this sort of wrestling brawl that was pretty interesting to me because he was hot, but also I knew that if I provoked him that... I would instigate this sort of wrestling match that would occur almost every night after practice. And I think subconsciously I started to toy with that and um, it was definitely turning me on. I, I remember a couple times where I was starting to get hard and, and praying that, you know, he couldn't see that or, or that I was going to walk out of the gym with, you know, a big boner. Um, fortunately, I think I managed to keep it under wraps, but um, it was definitely leading on to a more recent phenomenon, where I, which I've gotten into wrestling and, you know, just with another guy. And I think I told the story on a former episode that uh, there was one guy that I met um, that I'm still in contact with and our first, you know, meeting together was at the hotel he was staying at and I suggested that we get into wrestling and he went with it, which was really great. And so I have to think that those years, pent up years or that early story that I had back in gymnastics somehow led to my current fascination in the bedroom that um, is still playing itself out.
That, of course, led to jacking off stories in my bedroom. Of course, I was an adolescent. And I'll never forget, I had this blanket on my bed that was, I don't know what it was, it was synthetic. It felt like, probably felt kind of kind of velvety, but it's some synthetic blanket that went over my bed. And of course, I had learned to jack off, not in the traditional way, it was more kind of dry humping my bed, if you can believe it. Um, I didn't learn to jack off the traditional way with, you know, your right or left hand until later. But for some reason, um, dry humping and the friction um, of, you know, moving my dick on the blanket really turned me on and, and could make me calm. Of course, imagining one of the gymnasts that I had, you know, been in practice with, you know, all day long. And there was just a lot of pent up adolescent, pubescent sexual energy that needed to be released. And that blanket took a lot of the toll of it. And because it was this synthetic fabric, it every time I came or ejaculated on there, it really showed on there. So it was really like crusty and hard. And so, and that whole blanket had like a million hard stains on there that were, if you just rubbed your hand on it, it was like soft, 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 velvety sandpaper. It reminds me of Linus, you know, in the Peanuts gang, where he walked around with that blanket everywhere he went, sucking his thumb. Well, in my case, it was the blanket and my dick that went hand in hand. The other thing is, I used to, because I was a gymnast, I would go to, um, I had a swing set in, my, in, our, in our backyard. There was a neighboring playground at a school. And, of course, I was always swinging around there and doing, you know, gymnastic tricks on the playground on free time. But I remember, distinctly remember a time or two when I happened to be holding myself up, kind of like, you know, you would do leg lifts where you pull your knees up. And I started to feel a tingling sensation in my growing area. And I realized, though, every time I was holding my legs up in that position, that it was actually making me have an orgasm which was so, now that I think about it, that's pretty crazy that you could actually not touch yourself, but in a certain position, make yourself have an orgasm. And I think I was, I must have, yes, I was definitely ejaculating too. So I started to learn that that was something that I could do and make myself getting away from the blanket and giving the blanket a rest at times. And it was bizarre to me. Now, I haven't tried it since, and I don't even know what was going on um, in my body that was allowing it. I had to probably do something with adolescence and, you know, so much hormones going on that they just needed to get out and the gymnasts and the tight clothing. I So it had to do something with that. But I remember, you know, a little trick that I could do um, with my clothes on and kind of have this um, orgasm, which was pretty, still kind of perplexes me now, but kind of fascinating. The other fascinating thing that I used to do and I started to get up a little bit more nerve was when my parents wouldn't be home and I would go into the backyard and I started to get up enough nerve. I don't know what was going through my mind, but I would take off all of my clothes. So I was buck naked, go to that swing set, swing set and do that trick. And I don't know, it was something that I think 
was my own thing that being naked and out in the open, you know, which actually makes me think that's maybe when I started even today, I'm still, I have this fascination with wanting to go to, you know, public nude beaches. Um, but I, I've done it a couple times, but I'm still getting my nerve up. I'm worried that I'm going to get a heart on. And what is that? You know, is everyone going to be pointing and maybe that's a good thing. It's, it's a whole lot, but yeah, I can't believe that I used to do that and risk the, you know, the neighbor's, you know, window across you know, the neighboring um, house wouldn't see me and report back to, do you know what your son is doing when you're not home? He's naked with his legs up in the air and ejaculating. Yeah, it's all a horrible, cliche, coming-of-age gay story, but it's my story. Actually, my college years were um, comprised of three stories vividly of my sexual awakening. And they were, you know, because I was a gymnast there too. So we'd practice, then I went to class, then I... Um, went back to practice again for like four hours, eat, study, and sleep, and repeat the cycle. But um, I do have a couple of memories, one of which there was a guy on campus that uh, he was African-American. He was pretty hot. He had like a really hot ass. And he knew a couple of the gymnasts, um, which I found out later I think he had been with a couple of the gymnasts. There were a couple that were gay and so I think that was his thing seeking out the new gymnast that he could find or at least he found me and it was pretty um hot at first because he I think I met him like in a library once and I um you know we were like in an aisle that no one was and he kind of pushed me up against the bookcase and was really rough with me and verbal, but that was nerve wracking to say the least, but a major turn on. And it was definitely rough sex at first. And I do remember though, however, um, one time he jammed his dick inside me and then later somehow he, he came back to me and said, um, cause I think I said I was going to get tested for HIV and he was like, well, you know, I hope you didn't give me anything. And I was like, seriously, even then I knew that like you rammed your dick inside of me and you didn't put a condom on. And now you're concerned and thinking that I gave you something you should have asked. But so that was short lived. And even though it was hot at the time, not something that I wanted to continue to repeat. Beyond that, there was another man that was also friendly with the gymnastic team that I found out later. And he would kind of I think he found me like on the main campus at one time and approached me, found out I was or knew I was on the gymnastic team and said he knew a couple of the other former teammates that had left and, you know, really was putting the moves on me. He was a bigger guy. He was probably six, three or four, even white guy, uh, probably in his mid thirties to my 19, 20 year old, you know, newbie. And he did invite me over to his place, which I don't know how he persuaded me. I guess I was impressionable. And I do remember going to his uh, condo, which was a couple cities away. He drove me all the way over there. We, as soon as we got there, he ran upstairs, said he had to change, came back down in these short shorts. Okay, it was the 90s. And I remember him sitting across from me trying to have a conversation with him. 
about college and gymnastics and his balls are like sticking out of these short shorts, no underwear. And I, he's crossing his legs, almost trying to get my eye to look there, which I could see, which was slightly uncomfortable. However, it did lead to a tour and I'm doing air quotes of his condo and it led up to his bedroom. And of course, you know, the hormones were racing and all of a sudden we were naked and I'm on top of him. And, but I think the the hilarious thing is I was so excited after just, you know, being with somebody that I was on top of him and literally came in seconds. So, and of course put my clothes on and had to get out of there and drive me home and didn't even take time to let him, maybe I let him come. I can't remember, but yeah, it was, it was pretty selfish on my part, but it's somewhat predatory on his part. And I think I saw him a couple more times after that, but it was, it always, he never, you know, it seemed a little predatory on his side. And that always made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I did say there was three stories. And the final one really was a um, this hot Latin guy at the time that found me in the UC Berkeley gym. And he was definitely flirting. And I remember thinking, wow, that guy is sexy. And he, you know, kept eyeballing me and somehow followed me or led me towards the um, the locker room in which I think that's where he approached me. And he seemed cool. He was, I think, a year year older than me. Um, really into the, you know, the Chicano studies programs and the outreach of Chicano, you know, the the work and I was intrigued by that. Of course, we were attracted attracted to each other, and so I think I ended up maybe not to that day, but later, going over to his place and we had you know a hot kind of sex encounter, um, probably more oral I think in, in making out. And then he said he had a girlfriend and that he was bi, but that somehow she knew and which I was somewhat perplexed, somewhat, um, I don't know, discouraged that he wasn't just totally gay like myself. However, um, I met his girlfriend and she was great. I mean, in fact, later the three of us ended up being really close, best friends. You know, I studied with her all the time. Um, and then they were both interested in bringing me in into, into like this three-way thing. Well, I wasn't really into women, as I'm still not, and had very little experience. Although she was amazing and cool and beautiful, it just wasn't my thing. I definitely tried it and tried to, because I was, I think I was just really sexually into him, but I was becoming best friends with her. But I partaked in it a little bit. Um, but. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, 
triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. But it, it, it was definitely hard to keep it hard. And you, I think we could count the number of times we tried that. And it ended up... Um, my friend and I ended up just being friends. Of course, now um, he's totally gay and, you know, lives with his boyfriend and so forth. So the little facade that he had then was, you know, what he was going through, I guess. So so that really kind of wraps up my college years of sexual awakenings. After college, I ended up moving to San Francisco. And I think I've said many times that I was a go-go dancer and certainly lived that. Surprisingly, as much as I put it out there with the scantily clad outfits and we did some really, we did a towel dance at times when wearing nothing underneath. Um, we did, what else did I do? Oh, we did this candle wax dance that we had brought from Bangkok where we put olive oil all over our body, light candles, and then drip the wax over each other and then let people in the club drip the wax on top of us, which was really hot. And I keep wanting to bring that back somewhere here in New York, even if it's not by myself. Reinterpretive, of course. Um, but so, yeah, as much as, you know, I think the only thing that came out of it was I really had a thing for bartenders at the time, which I still do sometimes, as many of my friends can let you know, but it was pretty vanilla. I mean, despite, I think maybe it's when you put it out there so much, you know, sexually or provocatively that, you know, you're not as interested in having sex because you're always in that environment. I, I know that one of my former special guests, Dre Axtell, said that on the show um, a couple episodes ago that even though he does porn on video and film, whatever you call it, when he's in his own free time, he almost has to have a couple days to come down and he's not even really exploring his own sexuality because I think he's so involved in it that he kind of just wants to hang out with his friends. And and when he does consume porn, it's um, a totally different type of porn he consumes. It's more amateur. And so I can kind of see where maybe that's where I was headed with, you know, being a little bit more vanilla since I was putting it out there so much. When I moved to Los Angeles in 1998, I was pursuing my acting career, had some successes, but sexually, um, I went from being a go-go dancer to really just being this student of acting, auditioning, going to dinners with my manager at like six o'clock at night, which is unheard of for me these days. Um, so it was pretty studious, if you can believe it, in La La Land. However, um, as I stayed longer and 
moving on from acting, I did develop um, a couple boyfriends and there was a few, I would amount it to fuck buddies is when I learned what a fuck buddy really is. And I had a couple of them that, uh, you know, as many of you know, if you have something amazing sexually with somebody, but it's not really anything beyond that, um, it can just be. So I had one guy that um, we literally would get together. I would go to his place. He, he was, again, he was like 6'3", big, built. Um, he was a top. He was really good at what he did. And um, we would kind of 69 where he would eat my ass and I would suck his big dick, which was nice. And then he would fuck me. And it was it was really um, hot, but yet civilized, if you will, in in a certain sort of way. Um, and yeah, that was pretty hot. That led to uh, a boyfriend that I did have for a minute. You know how those things are. And we um, he had this huge ball sack. I mean, I think I mean it became like a thing. There were he said it ran in his family, and that. I think his brother, you know, they always almost had to have certain special underwear just to contain the balls. But it really got me fascinated with the ball sack and how hot that is for me, especially if it's like smacking against your ass. I think that's pretty hot. But um, but I guess apparently it can be sort of a um, a deterrent for that if you have that because you know, it's obviously it's got, you got this weight in the middle of your, your legs that you're always walking around with. Um, but for those of us that appreciate it, we, um, you know, we're big admirers. And so he was the first person that we, um, that I shot like a, a video, you know, my own porn video. And I had mirrors in this bedroom where I was living. And so not only did I get it on film, but I also could see myself having sex him fucking me from behind in the mirrors and that was pretty hot i have to say and the first video that i had ever shot which um i think i experimented with the x tube for a minute and some solo stuff um but it's so much work and now with you know i have a a separate production company and we're always working with sound and light and so nowadays you know and i'm not 20 anymore it has to be the right setting. I have to feel you know, practically hair and makeup has to be here. I need to be lit well. Everything, you know, I need a fluffer practically. So I don't really um, make many of those videos. Not that I won't, but um, yeah, I think that was a short-lived video run for me. The last L.A. story that I have to share with you is... Um, somebody that I, I had been dating this other guy in LA and, and again, very short lived and it wasn't really working out anymore. Um, so he ended up, um, but I remember going to his place one time and meeting his roommate. Well, when I met the roommate, I remember thinking I've met him before at the gym or not met him. I seen him. I think when I was going into the gym, he was coming out and we gave each other this like, we took each other in basically. And I was remember that moment seeing, oh my God, that guy is so hot. But we were of course going in different directions. And then I was in this dating thing. So I remember going to the guy that I was dating's apartment and he said, oh, my roommate's, um, you know, going to be here or he's going to, you know, he'll be here shortly. You know, I'll introduce you. So when the 
when the roommate came in, I looked up and it was that guy from the gym and he had the same look on his face that was like, oh shit, really? Like we had checked each other out and I know he was probably thinking, and really you're dating my roommate? And I was thinking, ugh, and it really, it had to be you. And of course he looked even better in the apartment and it was a little tough. Well, fortunately, my relationship or dating with this guy, the first guy, wasn't really working out anymore. And it was fine. Nothing was dramatic or anything. We just kind of decided that we should move on. And then later I met up with the the roommate. Um, I can't remember who instigated that, but um, which I didn't think was really a big deal because the you know the guy I was dating it was short lived. However, we would only meet when obviously when the guy I was dating wasn't in the apartment. So now I was going to that same apartment, but going into the other bedroom, and it became this sort of secretive you know, meet up. However, it was really hot because it maybe because it was somewhat, you know, maybe, you know, the, the guy that I was now, you know, becoming my fuck buddy, maybe for him, it became this sort of hot, secretive sex, sex capade, if you will. And so he was, he was bigger than me and he would push me up against the wall and kind of choke me and, and ultimately we would fuck and it was hot, very hot. And that became sort of the thing. I think he would spit on me. So it really kind of got me into or piqued my interest in role play and dominance versus submission. And it really turned me on. And um, yeah, so I still have those memories. And it definitely has led into my more current sexual growth as I continue to explore this path. Well, with that, I want to take a quick break and come back in shortly with my New York stories to kind of bring you up to date with my sexual evolution. I'd like to tell you a little bit about our affiliate sponsor, Fort Trough. That's Fort Trough. If you go to our website, talkaboutgaysex.com, you can link up to Fort Trough. It is the largest gay sex store online that you will find from slings they have portable slings yeah that's right you can bring them when you travel they just fold up easily into your luggage and no big deal they also have things like bum blasters for when you are traveling to clean you out which are really handy dandy and then they have things like amazing jocks i mean i keep telling you that i will post a picture of me in the gray jock that i just bought sport jock it's really awesome and i promise i will shoot it this week and put it up on our on my blog um, at talkaboutgaysex.com. But go to our website, click Fort Trough. They have so many other toys and fun essentials like the fuck machines. They have several of them. And, you know, I think one of them you can even travel with too. Check it out. You're going to like it. Fort Trough. Go to our website, talkaboutgaysex.com, and get into it. Well, moving into my New York stories, if you will, Um, the first formative years here in New York were, of course, like everybody else, you're just figuring out the city, figuring out who's who, trying to make friends. And I did have a couple of relationships that, you know, I think it's important, at least for me, to that you have some as much as you're growing sexually. And I would argue that you can explore sexually with your partner, your boyfriend, your husband, Um, But for me at the time, I I was keeping those things somewhat separate. And 
the boyfriends uh, that I had were really amazing. I, you know, you know, friendly with both of them still to this day. They were, you know, just, you know, great relationships. I have nothing but amazing, you know, stories to tell about that, but I won't bore you since this is a talk about gay sex podcast. But for me, at least it was formative and I'm glad I had those relationships and wouldn't rule one out. But for now, in my sexual awakenings here in New York, it's really led me to kind of the more leather kink side. I think uh, I had my, one of my closest friends here in New York um, had brought me to the Eagle. And although I had worn leather when I was a go-go dancer, it was really just for costume and nothing more. I wasn't going to leather bars in San Francisco, even though there was you know mo- uh, plenty of them. Um, so when I went to the Eagle, I was struck at, at the darkness. I loved the lighting. The music seemed uh, a little bit more sexual and not just pop mania, you know, not just Britney. And I liked that. And it, and they had, a, even more importantly, they had a little store, which they still have. It's in the elevator and it sells all leather gear. So you can shop, you can drink, you can cruise and listen to great music. I mean, what could be better? But what I really learned about that bar was you can go out solo. And I know I talk about this in the premiere episode with Gregory Nelbone. Um, th- that was really the bar that I felt comfortable going out by myself. And in fact, sometimes I enjoyed that because given the nature of the bar, it was darker. I didn't necessarily need a sidekick for that outing. Although now when I go, I have plenty of friends there that I meet up with or I'll go with friends. But at least it was a new, and especially when I didn't have that many friends starting out here. You know, I was done with my relationships, but um, most of my friends that I had met were with these boyfriends. So I really hadn't developed many. So if my one friend wasn't available, you know, I either was going to stay home or I could go to the Eagle, where I felt comfortable going solo. It was really there that I explored much more of my sexuality. I know, um, I think I've mentioned it before, but I ran for the Mr. Eagle. But prior to that, leading up to that, I there were so many things that were fascinating to me. They had a, they still have a Wednesday jockstrap party, which you could, you know, check your clothes in and walk around freely in your jockstrap. Um, get a drink and listen to great music and meet, you know, friends or new friends or hot guys. And of course, things that happen at the Eagle sometimes can be a little provocative. And that's where um, a lot of, you know, I think my inclination and my exploratory side was experimenting with things like, um, you know, fisting later, although I went, you know, it's something that you have to really be ready for. And, but, you know, I did find not at the Eagle, but just at later, I think being at the Eagle and that, um, you know, S and M and BDSM world kind of got me to look into other kinky types of sexual activity. And as long as you're aware of it and what you're getting into, which I have only met, the most, you know, for the most part, people that are going to lead you down a good path. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. Role play is definitely a big part of it. It still is something I'm fascinated with. Um, and I do feel a part of that culture 
but along with that comes friends and it's not always just sexual it's just people that are non-judgmental that share a kinky side but many of my friends I see there and it's you know just great to be around a community that is non-judgmental and you can kind of explore, explore those things when you want to. There's been other parties here in New York that I've discovered, like the New York jock parties, which they'll throw, um, you have to get on their email list, but once you do, they have, it's not consistent, but they might do one a month, I think. And they're basically, you know, you check your clothes in there. In that environment, it's definitely a sexual environment. So basically, like I said, you check your clothes in and it's not that big. And when you walk in, you're in it. There is no bar, unlike in Europe, where which I really like when you go to some of the bars there because it's legal, they'll have a bar and they'll maybe have, you can sit at the bar, you can warm yourself up. They might have porn on the television screens. And when you're ready, you can go into the background maze and explore, have fun, do what you want, or just be a voyeur and then go back and get a drink. I like that kind of duality of that nightlife scene in this one. It's because of, you know, I'm, they are only doing it probably because of New York laws or much of the States for that matter that, you know, there is no alcohol and it's basically you, you are in it. <laughs> the minute you walk in there, it's a sexual environment. And then in some of these, um, there aren't that many places to get away. It's like you're having sex in the open. And for many people, I think that's great. It's, you know, they have no problems with it. I've tried it a few times and, you know, I got into it. But it really takes a lot of nerve and preparation to kind of just muster up the nerve to get over there. To go up there, It's I always feel a little, you know seedy in some ways however I know it can be fun but it is a lot of preparation for me to go to those things where I do like it if you could just have that bar situation and then move on um, paddles is another place here in New York City that has a little bit more of a fetish side which is cool I know they do kinky fetish parties which is um, great again they don't have the liquor license so you're pretty much in it however it's a little bit larger, so um, and the guys that work there are all really cool, so you can always chat with them. Um, and there's some other places in Brooklyn and so forth, and you know some of those are um, interesting to me, and I definitely like to engage. I've, I've talked about my Christmas party that I throw that seems to be getting larger, but it's a hybrid, I would argue, of a Christmas slash kinky party. In, in other words, um, it is my apartment. So I, you know, I have liquor and all that stuff. Um, I do have a tree, but it's a black Christmas tree, of course. And everyone is encouraged, not required, but encouraged to wear something kinky leather, um, you know, but it's not a requirement. And it's really a fun party. I make my bedroom sort of the dark room with porn in the background and I've got my sling up and for the last couple of parties there's been um Steve Carpenter actually and and um another guy uh we're doing flogging and paddling and it really opened up uh I think a lot of my guests minds to you know you can explore some of this kinky thing and you know kinky activities and it doesn't make you bad it doesn't make you 
you know, uh oh, what are they getting into? It's just explorative. And I think because of my sexual awakenings that I've learned that I really wanted to create this hybrid party that could be just fun chatter, you know, a good um, fun time with that sort of kinky introduction for a lot of my guests who have never explored this. And the, I have to say, I've, I think a lot of people have surprised themselves. They ask me when I'm throwing the next party it's really opened up their minds instead of thinking there's, you know, you've gone to the dark side. It's more, um, thanks. This is really opened my mind up a little, little bit. And so if I can share, you know, my sexual awakenings with somebody else, or at least show them that it doesn't have to sex isn't bad. And it's, you know, it can continue to evolve. I think that's sort of a good thing. In in fact, I would argue that it's why I started this podcast, which is really to um, get a conversation going. I mean, as we know, uh, many men do not speak much about their interests or or they feel it's, you know, you know they'll do things sexually, but they're not going to talk about it. And sometimes I think it's just good to, to have a conversation, talk about your interests, talk about them with friends. And that's what I've tried to create on this show is to really create an open forum, an open environment, honesty, ask questions, learn, laugh. Um, It's all just sex in the end. And I think if, um, you know, that's, I think, my motivation on doing the show. So with that, I would like to thank you again for listening I welcome any feedback, um, or like I said before, just say hi, and we will continue to produce and offer you more stimulating gay sex conversation. So I uh, will be back next week with a special, special guest. Check out our blog and website, talkaboutgaysex.com, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at talkaboutgaysex. That's at talkaboutgaysex. I'm Steve Rodriguez. Great talking to you, and I will see you next week. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick any area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM Sports account to get started. Then visit your promotion section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. You'll score a prize if you hit a single, double, triple, or home run. There's nothing more exciting than going yard. So swing for the fences with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on the market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER and partnership with MGM Northfield Park.